Hey, 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 this is Jess. This is the Not Carrie Bradshaw podcast where we discuss all things pop culture and style and wellness. Welcome back to all of my devoted listeners. And if you are a first time visitor, please stand. You have been acknowledged. Thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited about today's episode because this is my first time ever running back an episode. It makes me feel very official that I have that much content. So this week's episode, we are revisiting my conversation on sexual wellness with the COO of Blex Technologies, Shalita Smith. I have teamed up with them for another week of discussing sexual wellness especially within the Black community, um, in celebration of National Mental Health Awareness Month and National Women's Health Month. So I'm doing a giveaway with them. You can get the details on the giveaway of one of their awesome subscription, um, sexual wellness subscription boxes. They come complete with so many specially curated items that are uniquely for the Black community. So I'm really excited that one of you guys will get to partake in that. They've also given me a discount code for anyone who doesn't win the giveaway to get 25% off their entire order. That promo code is health is wealth. I will be sure to include that in the episode description. So once again, I'm running back my conversation on sexual health and sexual wellness because I think we are an underserved community in that regard, especially when it comes to Black women. I want us to have an overall healthier perspective on sex, sexuality, sexual wellness, um, how to enjoy it, how to enjoy it responsibly. And I don't just mean physical responsibility. I mean taking your emotional wellness into account as well. Even if you're one of those people who can have sex without an emotional connection, I think there's still something for you to get from this conversation and from following along with us on Instagram. Uh, if you are listening to this on Tuesday, May 26th, when this drops, I'm also going to be participating as a virtual panelist in a Blex talk that's taking place on Twitter at 7 p.m. So make sure you check in with me about that. I'll put some info um, on how you can participate or follow along with that in the episode description as well. So once again, I'm excited for you guys to hear about this conversation, to hear this conversation again. And just in case you're not familiar with Blex Technologies, they are a platform created by Black people to uniquely zoom in on the ways in which we can be more supported when it comes to sex and sexuality. They have a great platform where people can discuss with sex therapists or sex experts if they've faced any kind of sexual trauma, or even if you have questions about sex that you may not be comfortable asking a friend, that's where Blex Technologies comes in. And they also, like I said, have a really amazing subscription service where they will send you a box of sex goodies that I, that's just what I'm calling them. Um, so that includes toys and lubes and candles and all kinds of special things. So make sure you guys are following along with my sexual wellness week on Instagram at not Carrie Bradshaw. Make sure that you are following Blex Technologies, and I will put all info that you guys need in the episode description. And thanks for tuning in. Talk to you guys soon. Oh, we are here today with Shalita Smith of Blexbox. Shalita, please introduce yourself to my Not Carrie Bradshaw audience. Tell us what you do and why. 
Um, so hi, my name is Shalita. I am the current chief operating officer of Blexbox, which is an arm of Blex Technologies. So Blex Technologies is an ecosystem of solutions that helps enrich the sexual health and wellness in Black adults. And with Blexbox, what we have is a curated subscription box. It features handpicked sexual wellness products that are really beneficial, um, not only just for your melanin, but your overall sexual health and wellness. Um, you know, these items are niche, um, they're fun, they are carefully handpicked to not only provide Black people just. Um, a view of what is out there, um, not just what's in your CVS or in your Walgreens, but also done in a careful, care, a thoughtful way so that, you know, we allow people exposure to ethical items, um, items that, you know, are paraben free or are made with metal grade silicone, things of that nature. So um, that's really what Blexbox is here to do. I absolutely love this. I learned about you guys, honestly, through word of mouth. I think it was um, around Valentine's Day when you guys were releasing that box. Oh, great. And one of my really good friends was like, sis, have you heard about this? And I'm like, no, why are you just now sending it to me now? Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, you have those... Um, those certain girlfriends who you can't, or even guy friends who you can, you know, talk about sex with or yes. like can be like very open with. Yes. And so it was like one of those friends. And I was just like, tell me more. So, <laughs> That's a good friend. Keep that friend around. <laughs> oh, 100%. So, um, cause I feel like it's a different level of, um, of intimacy within a, within a friendship when you can, you know, comfortably like share those kinds of conversations. And I think just from being from the South and having, um, a very small, close knit group of friends when I was growing up, we didn't talk about that kind of stuff. So I learned about, you know, sex toys and like, I think I learned about the pleasurable aspects of sex way after, like further into adulthood, because I think when we learn about sex, we learn about it in such a clinical biological way. Oh, definitely. We're not really taught about the wellness part of it. So just to back up a little bit, please mm -hmm. tell me what inspired or how you guys got started. Cause this is just such an amazing idea. I'm jealous. I didn't come up with it. <laughs> so, <laughs> I didn't know. How did this happen? Like, give me the, I want the tea. <laughs> no. Yeah, definitely. So, um, the founders of the company Blex Technologies, um, is Tanisha Friday and Carl Smith. And so um, Tanisha and Carl were previously engaged. Um, they've known each other for, geez, over a decade. And in kind of working through some of those things that you would go to see a therapist about within their personal relationship, they noticed that they were having a hard time finding people of color within the space. So when kind of doing that research, they started to discover, okay, we're not only seeing a shortage of people of color within the space of therapy, relationship therapy, we're seeing a shortage in sort of a knowledge base that's geared directly toward the Black community um, when it comes to sex overall, when it comes to how 
you know, sex affects the body, how trauma from sex affects the black community and what are the tools that we can use to really kind of bring that power back to ourselves as well. Um, So that's really how the company got started. And then kind of doing a deeper dive into that, really seeing, you know, were we in our community? Were we provided the tools, you know, as kids, as we're growing and as de- as we're developing to understand our bodies, um, how our bodies react chemically to certain things related to sex? Um, are there anything, is there anything specific related to African-Americans um, or people of Black That's diaspora? That's my question. Yeah. I really and, want to, to, to know, like, how... I guess, how is sex different within our community compared to other communities? Mm -hmm. I I read a little bit of the piece um, that they did about you guys on the Essence website, and I saw some of the statistics. So kind of share like with the audience, like why you wanted to specifically um, delve into the sexual wellness and the sexual, the impact of sex and and wellness within our community. Yeah, I mean, so... Black, when it comes to black people and sex, we are stigmatized. Let's just really put it out there. We're completely stigmatized when we talk about black bodies and black people and the way that the rest of the world views us and how we have sex. It's crazy because, you know, um, in terms of black women, it we're exotic to a lot of people. It's we're not seen as sexual beings. We're seen as sexual vessels. Um, with black men, you know, the stereotype around the size of the penis, the amount of sex that black men are having in compared to men of other races. Um, and then when we look deep into our community, when we talk about how we perceive ourselves within sex, you know, a lot of those factors in regards to, um, where we're from regionally have the impact of religion, um, how the impact of the makeup of our household whether or not a parent is not there, if you're raised by grandparents. So these are all of these things within our community that really have shaped the perception of sex for us. And so when we get older and we start to want to prioritize our sexual health um, because we get a better understanding of how our sexual health impacts our overall health, that's where we need to start to find a space and a forum to be able to unpack all of these items um, to really get down to the meat and bones of what we need as an individual, a community, um, in order to be able to really live within ourselves and feel empowered. Um, so it's one of those things where, for instance, we within our first box, we have a um, condom, the Hex Lilo condom. And so why is it that we are putting a condom in the box? Well, you know, statistically, um, the CDC did a study, for instance, and they said that over they surveyed over 10,000 African-Americans. And within that survey, less than 25 percent of the men and women said that they were recorded of using condoms all of the time over the span of the year during sexual activity. So we're saying that less than a fourth of our population is saying that they are consistently using condoms when they're participating in sexual activities. So 
we want to help just destigmatize that. Why are they not using condoms? Um, for instance, we did a survey and one of the things that uh, a lot of black men said were it was the fit and the smell and which yeah. is magnums. Like magnums are known for having a weird smell, right? So yeah. it's how do we introduce something new that you may not be able to find at your local convenience store to say, hey, here's a better condom that will make you want to use condoms that will make you want to participate in safe sex. So these are the types of things that we are trying to do and introduce within our community to just be able to allow people to not really overthink that part of the sex. You want to, you want that to be fun, right? You don't want to constantly think about these things of like, oh, is there STI detection in the condom? Will it break? Um, is this good for my body? Is this good for her body or his body? Things of that nature. We want to take that, all of those thoughts out of the equation. So you're able to really concentrate on the pleasurable part of sex. So just to, to back up too, um, like I said, we don't, um, talk enough about, or we weren't taught, because I don't think that historically women have known. Right. Um, and I'm speaking very heteronormatively okay. here. So sorry if, you know, I offend anyone out there. I can only speak to my own experience, but I hope everyone gets something from this conversation. Um, I don't think that any of us, however you practice sex, like I said, had been taught early on about like the pleasurable part of it. And I, I know... For being a woman, um, even now, like I'm 32 and I still have conversations with friends where their main concern is kind of like pleasing the guy. And I don't know that they are necessarily very focused on making sure that they enjoy it too. It just, it feels like, I don't know, patriarchy makes its way into <laughs> every aspect, every corner of our lives, our beings, yeah. our minds. Yes, you're absolutely right. Yeah. And I just, um, I think right now where we're in this space where we're kind of like having these conversations about like these celebrity relationships and he should do this and she should do that and all that stuff. I feel like we're kind of missing out on a conversation that from my perspective, unless you do sex work, which I don't know a sex worker, um, shouts out to them. Um, <laughs> there, there has, I'm sorry. As it support sex work. Yes. Yes. I support safe sex work. Um, I think that there has to be a certain amount of intimacy and I don't just mean like physical. I mean, I feel like we're skipping over the emotional intimacy part and I want for more of us to understand that that has to be, unless you are doing sex work, that the emotional intimacy has to be there in order for you to actually mutually enjoy the, the physical aspect of it. And I think sometimes when I look at people who are just kind of, you can tell they're not a well person, like emotionally well person. And it's like, I wonder if they ever considered that maybe it has something to do with the person they're having sex with that, like there's some key kind of things missing here that you are like making your body in service to another person. And we can't take out how 
sexual activity, sexual health, sexual wellness plays into our overall emotional wellness. So is that, I know you guys have like the, the app where people can, you know, have these like open discussions. Like, is that something that you guys discuss as well? Like the way this plays into your overall wellness? Yes, definitely. I mean, we strive to make sexual wellness a part of overall wellness for the Black community. Um, Because of all of the points that you had mentioned before, it's something that was never taught to us, you know. And is that something that is overarching for everyone globally? Possibly so. But um, in speaking to what our mission is now, it's definitely a gap um, within our community, you know. So we grow up learning how to feed our bodies well from a nutrition standpoint. We are taught ways to better balance our mood through exercise and things of that nature, but really not openly touching on how sex is an imperative part of your physical wellness and your mental wellness. Um, So, we, those are these are the types of conversations that we constantly have, and these are the types of issues that we want to help solve within the community. And so, with the app using the chat function, um, building a community of sex experts um, to be able to help you kind of navigate these areas within your sex life. These are all ways that. Um, the app is being built in order to really allow uh, people, users of the app to understand the ways that they can really kind of break it open, get to the base of what their individual issues are surrounding these items, and then being able to empower them to make better decisions when it comes to their sex life. So that that's a good segue, the word empower. As a Black woman, I... <laughs> Hmm. It does not feel like collectively we are very empowered in terms of sex. And I just say that from like a media standpoint, mm-hmm. um, something that really, really grinds my gears is when people try to define um, feminism or empowerment, like on behalf of another woman. Correct. So for example, um, like I'm a huge stand up comedy fan and I was watching some um comedian, I forget her name, it doesn't matter, but she was saying, you know, there's no way that Beyonce can call herself a feminist when she's like on stage, you know, you know, being spanked on the ass by her husband. And I'm like, how can you tell another woman what makes her feel empowered? So when we talk about sexual empowerment in a way that's inclusive and that's productive for women who may not live or practice or preach or praise or however, you know, we do, how do you guys go about being inclusive in finding that empowerment? Like some people are empowered by being, you know, a sadist. Some people are empowered being a masochist. Some people are, you know what I mean? Like, how do you find that, that inclusiveness? Right. So, um, you know, and that's definitely what we're striving to do is being inclusive and um, touching on your first point about women and empowerment. I completely agree in the sense of you as women, especially as black women, it's everywhere, constantly under a microscope. 
we are not seen as an individual. We're seen as the whole. Um, one black woman does something and it's for some reason speaking for all black women. And it's very hard for, I would say, the world and the media to really look at us as individuals. Um, and so it makes it harder for that perception of how we as black women and as individuals really kind of navigate through our sex lives. Um, and when you say things about, you know, the Beyonce and how people were saying she isn't a feminist in the eyes of people who like myself, who feel that more empowered through having control of my sex life, I find that to be impact. I find that to be feminism. I find the fact that she is open about the PDA that she's having with her husband on a stage for millions to say, Hey, I'm a woman and I like to be smacked on my ass. That's great. I'm all for that. And I think that's, um, something that, you know, we want to try to do is to just allow people to really live in their sexual individuality. Um, but how do we do that in a way that you're right, that's inclusive for everyone. And so, when we talk about the Blexbox portion, you know, we do our best to really strive to be, um, we really want to try to hit all the, all four corners of the, the, the sex box in the sense of um, what's your relationship status? How do you identify from a gender point of view? How do you identify um, in terms of your sexuality? You know, we really want to be able to be as um, cover as many of these intersectionalities as we can, but do mm. it in a, a really fun way. So whether or not you are single and a couple and a thruple, polyamorous, um, you know, bisexual, fluid, queer, um, however you identify, we want to be able to really cater to your needs as well. Um, and so for instance, one of the things that was a challenge was in the first box, we wanted to include a toy and generally with, toys, vibrators specifically, a lot of people feel as if vibrators are only for use by women, which is very false. Um, there are a lot of vibrators out there that have been created to be able to pleasure anybody, regardless of what sort of sexual appendage you have. So the finger vibrator that's in our first flex box that we got from Dame is perfect because of the shape of the vibrator. It's, um, it's not one, it's not an inserted vibrator. It can be used on the testicles. It can be used on the clitoris. It can be used on the anus. So it's one of those things is that's what we're looking to do. We're looking to be able to really kind of encompass everybody in our community. Um, and we are, we want to do it in a fun way and we want to do it in the most inclusive way that we can. And I think that's awesome because I feel like even when we try to create things that are uniquely for Black folks, we always end up excluding the LGBTQIA plus community. Correct. And that, in, in a word, it just sucks because I know even for me, um, you know, in the things that, that I create, I can only um, speak 
from my own perspective and from my own experience, but I want everyone to be able to get something from the things that I'm talking about, especially in terms of wellness. So I think it's really important and really awesome that you guys are including, you know, in your product roundups and um, your sourcing and everything that you're including things that are for everyone. Um, I noticed too, that you guys provide um, products and tools and information for singles and couples. And as a single woman who mm-hmm. has been single for, I don't know how long, um, <laughs> I find that it is tricky or sometimes challenging to feel sexually empowered when you ain't getting on. Um, mm-hmm. And it can be um, quite the experience. I'll say that because there is always like going to be, and even if you're like in a moment of, you know, self-pleasure and it's like awesome, there is still that like missing element like of the other person, you know? Um, so talk to me a little bit about how you guys go about um, kind of separating or, you know, providing for the singles versus the couples or the throuples or the whatevers. Yeah, definitely. So, I mean, the thing about sex is, I mean, one of the best things about sex is it's really non-discriminatory. So, um, you know, whether you're having solo sex, couple sex, group sex, there is always something to learn or something to be said for that or new ways to um, allow yourself to find pleasure in any type of sex that you're having. Um, So when we talk about um, some like singles versus couples. Um, I would say from the function of the app and the chat for the singles, it's really about allowing you to discover, you know, what, what you find pleasure of out of your sex life is whatever happening in your sex life correlated to why you're single? Are you happy being single? Um, and if you are, how can we provide you tools to be happy and being single and also being um, really honing in onto to sex and how you perceive sex during that time and how to make sex more pleasurable for yourself as a single person? Um, you know, and what does it mean to be single in sex as well. I mean, you are you having sex with just yourself? Are you having other sex with other partners? How can we help you feel more confident when you are participating in sexual activities with people who you are non-committal with? Um, these are all the ways that are the things that we are striving to kind of help with the singles when they're using the app um, because sometimes we don't know. W- especially if we're single and we want a partner, we don't know if there's something within our history of sex that is blocking us from being able to open ourselves up to finding a partner. Uh, Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I I don't want to cut you off. Such a good point because I think, especially when we look at conversations around like celibacy or, or abstaining and, I'm always curious when people say that they're going to be celibate or that they're going to abstain until marriage. I'm always curious, are you doing that because you think that it's going to earn you something? I'm always curious about the point. Like, what's your end goal? Mm -hmm. Because sometimes... I think that it's not so much the sex so much it is is your relationship to the sex Correct. that 
it ends up being kind of transactional where you feel like if you, because women heteronormatively, we're taught that like, if you have sex with a man, you're giving up something. You've somehow, um, right. You're part of your body. You're, you've taken away control from yourself. You know, all of these, what I consider to be lies that we are taught and, you know, celibacy is a scam. I'm going to be very honest with you. The thought is, girl, I didn't want to say it because I just be sometimes being like, girl, if you want to get you some, just get you some. Like, what you mean? Celibacy is a scam because celibacy has been taught to us in a way of we're withholding pleasure from ourselves um, because of some higher reason. And the thing about it is we can, for whatever reason, abstain for, from sex. Um, and that reason does not have to be necessarily linked to a higher power to you really feeling like if you abstain, um, you'll find a better mate long-term because they'll love you for who you are and not for your body, things of that nature. So it's these, all of these things that we are told about celibacy and what surrounds it. It's just, it's definitely a scam. Um, You should, as an, uh, an, an individual that can consent to sexual relationships, be able to make a decision of whether or not you want to have sex or not. And that decision does not need to have a rhyme or reason behind it at all. Right. That's not right. You can have, you can not have sex for abstain for three months and not have sex. And really just because you don't want to, and that's nobody's business, but your own. And it's this thing of you're correct. Like why do some women consider celibacy and the reasoning behind it really could be related to, you know, these things that we mentioned earlier but not just realizing that maybe we just don't want to have sex and that's okay. And that's, you know, and that's a thing too. Like when we, when we get into um, consent, I have had numerous conversations with, cause I'm, I'm kind of like that friend that you can tell me anything mm-hmm. and I'm not going to judge you. Like I will come more with, um, what is this phrase that I learned today? on one of the many podcasts I listened to. I think it was, um, curiosity over conviction. Like okay. you can tell me like anything and I'm just going to be like, bitch, tell me more, you right. know, <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just how I am. Like I, I have a friend who, um, was a swinger for a while. So she would, you know, like her and her boyfriend would like go to these clubs and she would like, tell me about their experiences. And I'm like, girl, shut up. And then what happened? (laughs) But, um, I also, you know, have had friends who have like told me that they have, we were having a conversation about the nuances of consent because there's a lot of nuance within consent. And they're like, I don't, I wasn't raped. I I consented, but I consented because I just thought that we had gone too far for me to say no. And I was just like, I need you to explain to me what you mean. Like, why didn't you think that you could say stop or or that you just didn't want to do it? And I think that we have just been trained to believe that like men are just kind of like animalistic or something Mm -hmm. that once you get to a certain point, you can't tell them to stop and all this stuff like that. And then I sometimes ask when I talk to my friends who who are single but who do not like it and they talk about like the loneliness of it and I'm just like are you lonely or do you just want some consistent dick 
Right, right. Like, which is because you can have consistent dick without being in a relationship. And that's where we want to be able to open that up for people and, and really take away what you may feel as a shame or whatever it is to say, live within your truth, whatever that is. And, um, uh, right. And going back to the consensual um, conversation, I too had an experience in college where I like kind of said no when it was, a, I felt like I, it was under my breath or he didn't hear me. And I just was in this situation where it didn't stop. And at that point in time, I didn't realize that that was actually sexual assault because I did say no and I did say it clearly, but my body just was not reacting in a way that allowed me to get myself out of that situation. And it's, if I had those tools as a kid in college to be able to stand up for myself and to have said something and to have gotten myself out of that situation, I, the foresight is, um, it's crazy because these are the things that we want to, these are the tools we want to give people today and we want to give them now because we don't want people to have those types of experiences. We want you to be able to, whatever your sexual truth is, you live in that we want to provide you the tools for you to be able to better live within that. And then whatever trauma is surrounding you in your sex life, we want to be able to break that down and then to provide you the tools to overcome them um, when you're in sexual situations. I, that's what I'm, I'm, I'm also getting at because right now what I'm doing, um, I think I've been exploring my own wellness for a while now, but I'm just now kind of folding it into my quote unquote brand or my platform overall. And I have even shied away from, you know, the speaking publicly about sex because it still just feels like a thing that you're just not supposed to do when you're this, you know, you're a lady and you're supposed to be very demure and what's sex? What's that? You know, right. and, I'm still like getting used to, you know, having those kinds of conversations. But to your point about like standing up in your truth, I was watching Tracy Ellis Ross, who's the patron saint of single black women, um, her conversation Mm -hmm. with Oprah, where she was saying, um, you know, that she had to let go of like what her idea of who she was supposed to be was, where she thought that she was supposed to be this like quiet and, you know, blah, 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 blah thing. And so that's why I kind of, for people who are not healing or who are not doing any kind of wellness practice, whether it, and I don't mean just going to church because I think church can kind of, depending on where you go to church, it can kind of warp your mind about sex too, especially if you are a woman. Mm-hmm. But I mean, some manner of of meditation or journaling or therapy, which I swear by, but I know it's hard for everyone to like get access to therapy. But I oftentimes just am like, if you could prioritize learning about like your inner self more, you may unlock whatever trauma it is that is causing like your sexual issue, like whatever this thing that you have with sex where you, you know, cause I have friends who tell me some really interesting things and I'm like, why don't you tell him you don't like that? Or there was this, I don't know if you're on Twitter, but there's this, like, it, it resurfaces every couple of months. Like there are these conversations that resurface every couple months. And there's like a, a picture or a meme or a video or something of like, a woman, you know, like 
on top during sex or whatever. And it's something to the extent of oh, women always do that stupid thing when they're like riding a dick where they're like scooting like they're in a chair. And it's like, but that actually feels good to us. Right. You know? <laughs> and just recently when the conversation restarted, a guy finally was like, listen, that is pleasurable for them. They are not just there to be like a hole in a wall for you. If you want to find a way to enjoy that as well, here's what you could do to, you know, and I, I, there's something about like having that forum. And I just like applauded that guy so much because it's like, oh, finally someone said it because you think that I, I was almost like, Oh my God, do you guys think that you're bad at sex when you do that? You know? And it's like these conversations that we're just like not having right. and just feel like if we could, but there's this shame about it. And that was something I had to look at for myself where it was like, I actively would not do that because I was like, I don't want to think I'm bad at sex. But then it's like, but when you do it, it does feel really good. So then you're compromising, not doing a thing that you know feels good to you because you don't want the other person to think something. And that speaks to a whole lot of my own trauma with people pleasing. Right. And like if more people would explore this, you could be getting your rocks off so much better. <laughs> so much better. You would be better equipped to have open conversations with your partner um, about what you find pleasurable and what you don't find pleasurable. And then uh, I just wanted to quickly touch on. So one of the points that you that you brought up were people and their access to therapy and how they're people in general, like therapy is expensive. Going in to see someone is expensive. Um, your medical may not cover therapy, especially when we're talking about sex therapy. And so that's what the app is really striving to do. It's to give a platform to give people access to that type of help that they need, doing it in a way that's convenient for them. And um, we're always on our phones. So having that chat function, being able to converse back and forth with, a, with an expert um, throughout your day, wherever you're at, that's what the app is striving to provide. We want to give people that access because you're absolutely correct um, in the anecdote that you just provided you know, that people pleasing as women, we have been taught to be vessels. We have been taught to people, please. Um, men are, as teenagers are way more encouraged to discover their body sexually than women are. Um, you know, I've always said to myself, if I ever have a daughter, the first thing I'm teaching her is how to masturbate because we're just not, why is it that men are just so easily taught these things and it's destigmatized and they're able to have these conversations and to do these things, but women aren't. It's, Dude, I learned that mm -hmm. so late in life. Like my actual like, late. friends know the age and it was like life changing for me. Oh my goodness. Nobody had ever, I knew it was a thing, but it was always... Like, even in movies, it was, like, kind of this goofy, you know, it wasn't, like, sexy. It wasn't, you know, and I was just like, oh, well, regular women just must not do that. And then when I found out, like, no, girl, everybody do that. And it's like, I wonder had I learned this before I ever actually had sex with someone, I think that would have changed my whole outlook on what I was capable of doing for myself. 
just as a whole, like as a whole, I think that it is so empowering to know how to pleasure yourself because you also know what you won't stand for with someone else. And I think that's just period in life. Like as a human person, if you know how to make yourself feel good in all aspects, like, you know, the foods that make you feel good, you know, what time to go to bed that makes you feel good. You aren't so prone to letting just anybody come into your life and do what makes you feel bad. So I say hooray for earlier masturbation. (laughs) Yes. Imagine the amount of bad decisions that could have been avoided if you knew how to masturbate earlier on in life. That's, that is my viewpoint on that. Imagine how many like throwaway men could have been completely avoided because you've always been taught that you have to seek pleasure from somebody else and that you, there was, there wasn't a way you could get it from yourself. Right. Right. And I feel like it's almost, this is how you sometimes know, like this shit really was a setup. Like y'all intended to make us think that this wasn't a thing that we were supposed to right. But I gave you this like weird power. And it's just like, oh, to hell with you bastards. <laughs> like, I, was, I was just telling one of my, um, my good friends today, I was like, bro, we have been taught the game all wrong. Cause I'm really just coming into learning about the the gift that being single is and the opportunity that you have to really create a life for yourself so that you aren't looking for someone to complete you. You're looking for, you're hoping for someone to compliment you. And it's just been so light. I mean, like life changing, realizing how much we've been taught to prioritize relationships with men over our own happiness. Like we've been taught to pursue romantic relationships before we've ever been taught to pursue a relationship with ourselves. And one of my friends, um, Shaney Silver, who has like an amazing platform related to this, um, is all about, you know, being single and being empowered in it. And she just recently gave me like oddly enough, Jessica Simpson's like autobiography. And I was like, let me see what old Jesse's talking about. (laughs) And off rip, like, like early in the book, she says something about, you know, she had this confrontation with her dad and then she suddenly realized like, damn, I've been putting my problems off on so many other people and making the relationships in my life the reason for my unhappiness. And it was really the relationship with myself. And I'm just like, man, if y'all don't at least get to a place of emotional masturbation, like, please learn how to make yourself feel good. Right. Right. Uh, oh, my goodness. It's so incredibly important to be able to self-sustain in all aspects in life. And yes. it's been this narrative of needing a partner has just been pushed on us and pushed on us and really liberating our minds from that is one of the many ways that really we can really step into our selves when we are looking at ourselves from a point of what our sex life looks like. How do we feel when we're having sex? How do we feel after sex? Um, and what ways can we improve those feelings? Uh, yes. Preach. 
we have in church. Um, so I know you're super busy. So I want to wrap up because I try not to make my podcast episodes too long, even though I could listen to podcasts for hours on all end. day long. Me too. Like, for my commute, what else am I going to do? Um, I guess read Jessica Simpson's book. But anyway, um, tell the people where they can access um, the subscription service, the a la carte service, um, the the sexual wellness app. Give give the people the details. I want everybody to just like wipe out y'all's inventory. <laughs> Excellent. Well, you can find the box at blexbox.com. Um, you can also find us on Instagram at blex underscore box and blex is B-L-E-X. Um, if you would like to learn more about the app and the overall company, you can find us at blextechnologies.com. Um, and there you'll be able to sign up for our newsletter, get access to the Blex blog, and learn about how you can um, download the app as well as some more information about the box. And you can find Blex app on Instagram at Blex underscore app as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you so much, Shalita. I could talk to you for hours. Thank you for having me. Of course. Um, Thank you again. And hopefully we get a chance to talk soon. Yes, definitely. Um, Thank you so much. This has been a wonderful experience. um, And yeah, I would love to talk about Blex anytime. All righty. We will be in touch. All right. Thank you. Bye. Bye.